Hello and welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey podcast brought to you by Tricress. We are on a mission to make it happen for every ambitious SME on the planet and we're doing that by delivering you fantastic tried and tested business coaching and consulting through our app called Fuel My Business. We're also doing that through a network of talented and highly experienced Tricrest partners who are on the ground business coaches and consultants. But for today, you're going to hear from real life entrepreneurs and business owners who are on all kinds of journeys, the beginning, the middle and the end. We want you to learn from this and know that you are not alone. Enjoy. Okay, good afternoon. I have Chrissy Keniston with me. Welcome to the Entrepreneurial Journey podcast. Chrissy, how are you? Hi, I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Good. That's an absolute pleasure. Now, Chrissy is the CEO and founder of Copy with Chrissy, a copywriting service and business. Um, you've been established for two years. Is that right? Yes, right around two years. Two years. Good. Okay. And um, I'm interested to know how you ended up in business and what's happened over the last two years because that early phase of a business is really fascinating and this is about the entrepreneurial journey so if we start with you know what was the kind of spark that ignited the fire to get you to to start the business where did it all begin Absolutely. So it's funny, you know, you say, they say you make plans and God laughs, right? So I had always said that I will never be in sales. I don't ever want to work for myself. I'd much rather, you know, be executing someone else's plan. And then, you know, I had, I got married and I had three children and I realized I wanted to work at home. Like that was the dream to be home with my kids, but still contributing financially to my family. But I had no idea, you know, what that could possibly look like. Um, and right around the time that I had been thinking about doing that, I actually wrote a book. I joined a challenge called the national novel writing month. So I wrote my entire book in one month. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's the challenge is to write 50,000 words in 30 days. And so I just said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I would sit down at nap time while my kids were napping every afternoon and try to get out about 2000 words. And I did it. And when I realized that I could do that, that was when I, it really lit that fire under me of, you know what, you can work from home. You do have time to do this. You know, my kids were one, three, and five at the time, and they're so needy at that age. And I had really just been living in those excuses of, there's no way, how am I going to fit it in? Mm -hmm. But then doing that book writing challenge showed me that it was possible. So I started looking around, and I had a friend who was a virtual assistant. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, I could do that, you know, and that way I'm still kind of executing someone else's plan more than my own. 
And I went down that road and started, you know, talking with virtual assistants. I joined all the Facebook groups, started learning about it, and I got excited about it. But then I, I looked at how the VAs were kind of niching down, and I came across copywriting. Okay. And I thought, you know what, that is much more suited to me and my skill set and what I'm passionate about. I love to write. And I thought, if I can learn how to do this, you know, I'm still not really having to sell myself, which is why I had always shied away from sales or doing, you know, direct sales or an MLM or anything like that, because I just didn't feel comfortable pushing my own thing. But with copywriting, I'm selling someone else's product. And it came so naturally to me. I mean, it was just, it was like the words just flowed out of me. And I was fortunate enough to connect with um, an excellent mentor within my first month of looking into this. And she just took a leap of faith. You know, she bet on me and she felt like she could tell that I was a hard worker and she had seen some of my writing. So she got me my first big client who was a seven-figure earner uh, business coach. And I worked with her for the first few months. It was really great. And then I started getting referrals off of her work. Um, And I secured a fitness trainer who I still work with to this day. Um, So we've been together almost a year and a half now. And um, so that was about six to eight months in. I had those two clients and I was kind of stalling. And I think some of it had to do with the difficulty of selling myself, so marketing yeah. my own business. And I, you know, that initial mentor had really um, tried to help me see the importance of mindset work mm-hmm. and money mindset work. Mm-hmm. And I had kind of just waved it off. <laughs> and I'm a very practical, logical person. And so I thought, I don't need any of that. I need to know steps, like exact steps to take. And what kind of Instagram posts to do and what should my website look like? And you know, all of those things. (laughs) And, um, and then I came across this business coach um, about nine months in to my journey Uh and she was faith-based, which really resonates with me and my personal life. And um, it was a very high ticket program that she was offering. And I really wasn't sure, you know, how to even bring it up to my husband about spending yeah. thousands of dollars on a coach <laughs> when yeah. I had, you know, I had hard, I had, had not really turned a profit at this point because, you know, there's all those costs at the beginning of the business and yeah. setting up all the systems and everything. And here I come wanting to spend thousands of dollars on a coach when we, you know, like he and I had never even been in the world of coaching. So to try to explain the value of something like that was difficult. And I went to him very nervous and which is so silly because, you know, he's my best friend and we're completely open with each other, but I've never asked to spend that much money on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And he wonderfully immediately said, yes, do it. I mean, it was incredible. (laughs) So when you have that support team, you know, that support at home, gosh, that makes all the difference. Um, But yeah, so I joined her program. I did six months of coaching with her, which was amazing. It really helped me with that mindset work and diving into the importance of working on your thoughts and your beliefs about yourself Mm -hmm. and your worth and your abilities. And I watched that make a difference in my business. And I was just amazed. 
And then it also opened a lot of doors for me. I met a lot of people that were in this group coaching program that became clients. Um, and then at the end of that experience, I ended up signing on with a copywriting coach so that I could really hone my copywriting skills yeah. as well. Um, so that I just can't stress enough the importance of a coach. I mean, that completely <laughs> transformed my business life. And it's ever funny. since then, you say, you know, it was investing in yourself, but what the, the way I talk about investing in coaching is that, you know, if you ran a manufacturing plant, you would have to buy new machinery. Every now and again, you'd have to buy a new piece of machinery, which is an investment to improve your process. That's all coaching is. It is that you invest in that, that's, that new piece of machinery just happens to be the way you think. That's a really good example. And um, the way you write, honing your skills. Um, and it, and it's, I think initially when you are a coaching, consulting style business, you do feel, gosh, I'm just spending this money on myself. But you're not. You're investing in your business. Um, and, you know, like you are, I've spent thousands of pounds on investing in my learning so that I can give my clients even better products and services. Um, and, it, and it always pays off. I mean, you're, you're probably experiencing in that now all that investment you put in has probably paid for itself 10 times over already. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. It, it's investing in myself, but it's investing in my clients because yeah. they're getting a better product yeah. because of my, like specifically the copywriting training, but I'm also showing up more confidently, you know, just based on all of the mindset work I've done and how I've seen my business grow and the experience I've, you know, gained from it. And, you know, as it's funny, as a copywriter, I, I get a lot of clients who come to me asking um, strategy questions and mm -hmm. business strategy. They, they're not simply looking for copy a lot of the mm -hmm. time. So I'm using those skills that I've learned from, you know, the business coach to help other people in that way, even though I'm not a business coach, all of that comes back around and ends up being helpful in my interactions with my clients. So yeah. it's oh, such a valuable thing. I it, encourage it, everyone that's starting out to, to not wait nine months like I did. I could have been nine months closer <laughs> to where I Well, was. do you know, here's, here's the thing, Chrissy, is that I, I think some business owners who've been running a business for a long time are even more resistant to getting coach because they think, well, I've got this far, you know, so the, the people I tend to work with have already gone into half million, million, two million, five million in revenues. So they get to the point, well, I've built it this far. What on earth can you tell me that's yeah. going to improve on what I've already done? And, and to a degree, I say, do you know you're right? You're absolutely right. You've done really well to get it to this stage. That's fantastic. But what you did to get it to 5 million in revenues is not what's needed to get it to 10 million in revenues. You know, exactly. you need a completely different structure, different processes, a different approach. And then they go, okay, all right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're right. And, it, and you're so right. It, it all starts with mindset. 
So our 10 steps to a $10 million business, the first part of the program is called Thinking Big. And that's just sorting your mindset out. So right. It's incredible how many like blocks that you can have that you don't have any, I mean, it's almost like going to therapy, you know, it's the things that are there that are keeping you from growing your business the way you want to, that you have no idea have anything to do with your business until you start digging into this stuff. It's funny, isn't it? It's really bizarre. It's really bizarre. Okay. So we know what you do for your clients, which is great. And we had a little conversation before we came on board. Just get, let's get really specific. So I'm, I'm coming to you. We've got a whole load of courses and I say, I need a copywriter, Chrissy. And you say to me, great, I can do X, Y, and Z. What can you do for people like me? Right. So um, people come to me with all different levels of needs. Um, so, you know, especially if you're trying to sell courses or a coaching program, that's my specialty. So we're going to take a look at your funnel, you know, and see what does your, you know, what's your free offer is where I always start because building that email list is, you know, time and again, that data shows that is the highest return on investment out of all your marketing tools, like more than anything on social media or your website that email list is so important. So I usually try to focus there first if the client hasn't put, you know, enough time and energy into that. So we'll look at the landing page for your free item and make sure that it's, you know, laid out in a way that's drawing people in, that's highlighting all the benefits of this freebie. I mean, I think people tend to not put as much time into that because they, it's a free product. So you think, mm -hmm. of course, they're just going to take it but they don't, <laughs> you, you really have to take the time to show them why they should hand over their email address is really what it is because yes. people are stingy with that and they're wary of handing it over to just anyone. But once you've got them in, into your email list, that's where I really can come in and help you do a great welcome sequence instead of just handing over that free gift, whatever it might be, you really want to welcome them just like you're welcoming someone into your home, mm -hmm. make them see that they want to come back, <laughs> that they don't need to go running for the hills, <laughs> you know, that your emails are worth reading because we all get, you know, how many emails every day and you probably delete the majority of them. So that's a tall order mm -hmm. to write an email that people really want to read. But that's what I do is I come in and I help make your emails something that they're looking for, that they always want to open when they see your name, that they're excited for it. So we do a sequence of emails that welcomes them in. And then we jump into weekly emails. And I always um, suggest weekly content to your list because anything less than that, because we get so many emails, you get forgotten and you get lost okay. in the shuffle if you're doing once a month or even twice a week. Once a week, you can stay you know, top of their mind. They get used to seeing you. Okay. So if you're sending out just nurturing content. It doesn't have to be long, long-winded or giant aha moments in every email, you know, quick little stories, one quick win for them. You're not giving away the whole pie. It's just a little taste every week. So then when you're ready to launch, they're already that much closer to buying from you. You're keeping them warm. You know, uh -huh. they're a hot lead when they first come into the list. We got to keep them warm. So then when you're launching, they're already interested in you. They see you as an expert. They see you as, you know, entertaining, educational. If your personality is in there, they're gonna be looking forward to you just like reading something from a friend. 
So I just really love to help people cultivate their email list in that way so that they are seeing the return on investment there. Um, so that's my, that's my favorite type of copy to work on. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, and what a lovely thing to do. And I know you've chosen to work with coaches and consultants because they are sharing expertise and ways of being and living and thinking that are really beneficial to the world. And I know you've said that's kind of your way of giving and sharing is that you're kind of boosting them so they boost others. And I think that's wonderful. I think, I think that's great. That's a, it's a very nice thing to do, definitely, to know that something you've written eventually could change somebody's life for the better. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I... I prefer to work with coaches and course creators over like an e-commerce product yeah. where, and those products are making people's lives better too, for uh -huh. sure. But I feel like it's just a much more direct chain of service. Yeah. I feel like I'm in here where I'm helping the coach grow their business so that they can help the people that need them. Great. I just love being a part of that. Yeah. Great. Okay. So what's been the scariest moment in running a business? Oh my goodness. I would, I would definitely say all those moments, probably in my first year when I really wasn't making much money, mm -hmm. I would have, you know, at least once a month, a moment where I would go, I made the wrong choice. I should have gotten a nine to five and it, that's a secure, consistent paycheck. Like what if I never get, you know, make this consistent. And it's really been in the last six months that I have, you know, really built a consistent income and feel very confident about what I'm doing. And, you know, when um, this global pandemic started, that was also another scary moment for me because all of a sudden my kids were home yeah. and I had always counted on school hours to be when I would get my work done right. and nap time. You know, my littlest is a preschooler, so she only did half days, but she still came home and napped. So right. I could still get a good six hours a day in between school and naps and I lost all of that and I had to add in homeschooling. Yeah. So I, I panicked a little bit at the beginning, um, tried some different ideas of how to get my work done and because my family is my top priority. Yeah. So I want, you know, it's a, it's a delicate balance and I want to grow my business and keep getting bigger and more visible and bigger clients, but I don't want to lose this time with my kids while they're so little and I don't want to get rid of time alone with my husband and so just trying to balance all of that became much more difficult when suddenly everyone was home <laughs> yeah, so, so we just tried out different scheduling things and I was gonna um, say what does your schedule look like now day to day because I think that will be really helpful for people in the same situation as you absolutely yeah so I will say a caveat one thing I've learned is that the same thing doesn't work for everyone okay um because I have other you know working mom entrepreneur friends who thrive on a very loose schedule. They feel like if they block out each hour, they, it's too rigid for them and it stresses okay. them out. For me, that, those blocked out hours are perfect. And for my kids, it's perfect. They thrive in that structure. So we literally had a whiteboard on our refrigerator <laughs> that said like eight to nine breakfast, nine to 10 play outside, 10 to 11, you know, like we literally did every hour. And I really, I fit in my work in the early in the morning. I can get up early. It's not hard for me. My husband and I go to bed early. So 
I would get up early in the morning and work before they woke up. I work at nap time. I still, even my oldest, I just have her go do quiet time in her room. Yeah. And she's really good about just yeah. going and reading or drawing or something. And then I'll work two evenings a week. Okay. And I don't allow myself more than two because my time with my husband in the evenings is really important to me. So it's just a choice that I've made to prioritize in that way. I've worked some weekends if I had a big project going on. Um, and then I just have not taken on more than I can handle. Mm. Um, I really, back in May, which was wonderful, you know, it was a blessing, but I ended up with too many clients and I had to put a few on a wait list and push them to June because I just, I'm a firm believer in knowing your limits, you know, setting them for yourself because it's different for everybody and what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do and then keeping those. Because when you don't, the stress just, you know, it like boils over and it bleeds out into all areas of your life. And you're that's right. That, that, that sounds really, you sounds like you've got a really nice balance in that you, you're right. You need time for you and your husband on your own. Definitely. And often, you know, that's the piece that gets squeezed out when somebody's running their own business. They kind of, people manage to do the kids thing you know, because kids can be quite demanding and you can't really ignore them for too long. Um, yeah. But uh, And the work gets done, but the, the relationship, the personal relationships, whether that's a friend or a spouse or, you know, partner in life, whatever, they often are the thing that gets squeezed out. And actually, I don't know about you, but they're the thing that keeps you really sane and grounded because the kids can be quite, you know, kids are wonderful, but they can be quite take, take, take. Yes. <laughs> Particularly when they're little. Yes. Yeah, my, I have two older ones. Uh, so, uh, and my youngest is 11. So they eventually start giving back. But it takes a while. <laughs> yeah, they do. You have to put up with them for teenagers for a while when they're a bit, ugh. but anyway, they come back and they're lovely. <laughs> and you start going, oh, this is nice. Um, but yeah, it's that time with your other half or a close friend or, or close family or if, if you're single that really feeds the soul. Um, and it does. And it's, you're right. To make proper space for that is so important. It is. Yeah. Whatever it may be, you just need another adult. And I feel like it helps to have an adult that's not in your business sphere yeah. <laughs> so that you can talk about other things and kind of take your mind off of that. Because I feel like as entrepreneurs, our mind is always on our business. I don't care what I'm doing, driving down the road, washing dishes. I am always thinking about, <laughs> you know, what's the next thing I need to do because it's all on your shoulders. Yeah. And so to be able to take time and think about other things and talk about other things, even if you're just side by side watching TV, you know, just to have a break for your mind is yeah. so important. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Okay, cool. So well done for balancing that. That's great. And also, I think well done for saying to clients, no, I can't take you on right now. I mean, that's so powerful. And again, a great lesson for business owners to know is that it's okay to say no. And if somebody really, really wants your product or service, they'll wait. Exactly. Yeah, that was a, that was a leap of faith for me. Mm -hmm. It was a scary moment mm -hmm. um, because I did think, what if they don't <laughs> come back? And, um, and then I just figured, you know, I've been doing okay with a steady stream of clients. So if mm -hmm. they don't come back, someone else will. And 
yeah, it was just kind of a put on my big girl pants and do what I need to do for, cause it wasn't just for me. It was for my family yeah. to make sure that I wasn't pulled away from them so much. Yeah. Um, and we're moving um, in a few weeks and I, I want to make the most of my last few months in this town with our friends here. And so, yeah, and it was just something I had to do and it worked out. <laughs> and, and don't you think, and I don't know whether you, you're aware of this, but that original sort of foundation in the mindset coaching means that you you do have the confidence to say no because you know once you have that abundance mindset that something else is going to come along you don't know where it's going to pop out from but you know it's going to come along don't you oh my goodness yes that's abundance mindset is exactly what i was thinking about because a year ago I was very much in a scarcity mindset and I would not have, I would have worked myself to the bone just to say yes to everyone. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's it worth, makes, worth working on that. It, it really, really is. And I can't, I mean, a lot of people think that's a little bit woo woo. They think it's a little bit out there. Um, but actually it's, I think it stops you making silly decisions that you later regret. Yes, I agree completely lack and, and limitation kind of puts you in panic mode doesn't it it does it really does and you know i think if the the woo woo stuff can be approached from all types of different mindsets yeah. like i'm coming from a christian background where i can look at it through that lens and see it as you know am i trusting the lord to take care of me and mm -hmm. you know he has put me on this path so i know from his promises that he won't abandon me on this path so that falls right in line with, you know, the abundance mindset and the confidence and all of that. So you can look at it through whichever lens you're viewing life and still apply the same principle. Uh, absolutely. I look at it through quantum physics. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, what, what I really love is that quantum physics and spirituality kind of meet at the top. They seem like poles apart, but once you start understanding how it works, they actually, you end up in spirituality. You end up in philosophy first, and then you end up in spirituality. And you're like, ooh, it's all connected. So interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's really interesting. Okay, so what's the downside? What don't you like about running your business? Yeah. Um, Definitely the technology side and the bookkeeping. It's all of the, you know, the admin stuff that I need to outsource more you than I do. do. You <laughs> really, really do. Yeah, I, um, I discovered when I went to do my taxes this year that I needed to really up my game in the bookkeeping <laughs> department because it was a lot of work to gather everything. And then, yeah, the technology of, you know, an online business there's so much it's such a it was such a steep learning curve for me which surprised me because i feel like i can run all you know my phone and all the things pretty yeah. well when it came to building a website and starting an email service provider and um, even learning new apps that i hadn't used before it was you know hours and hours and hours of google and youtube and Finally, when I outsourced it, I was just like, oh, why didn't I start by outsourcing this? Because <laughs> it's worth it's worth the money to do that, to save your own sanity and put your energy back into, you know, your zone of genius, your lane, what you're meant to be doing. So true. So outsource the bookkeeping. Get that off your desk right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> 
it's a nightmare don't i i just years uh, the first business i started was in 1999 long time ago i did one vat return which is our value added tax i don't know mm -hmm. whether you maybe call it sales tax in the states okay, i'm not yeah. sure yeah mm -hmm. um so we have vat i did one vat return and i vowed never to do another one ever again and <laughs> after that i just outsourced it and i haven't done one since so <laughs> i don't blame you i don't blame you it's a lot i'd much rather just focus on my writing and yeah, reaching out to new clients and all of that sort of thing yeah it was not a key strength okay so you get up early i'm really interested in people who manage to get up early how how <laughs> early do you get up <laughs> So pre-pandemic, when my kids were going to school, I got up at five. Okay. Um, and now I get up at five thirty. So okay. Not a huge change, but. No. Um, what time yeah. do you have to go to bed to get up at five? Ten is like my latest that uh -huh. I can be awake. Uh, right. My husband and I tend to start working our way towards getting in bed around nine nine thirty. Right. And then I'll read for a little bit, um, right. but I try to really have lights out falling asleep by 10 o'clock you see i can't five in the morning just i really struggle with five in the morning <laughs> you know i did for years and it's you know it's kind of a, a very a personal spiritual story of how i got there but i okay. i was I mean, I've slept in my whole life, like even into my twenties, I, as a TV, I was a TV news producer mm -hmm. out of college and my shift was like 2 PM to midnight. All right. So I did the, you know, the six o'clock news and the 11 o'clock news. And so I went to bed late, slept late for years. That was my schedule. And then I had kids and I didn't get any sleep for years. <laughs> and I, it was when my youngest was about six months is when I started feeling, um, you know, my relationship with God is a huge part of my life. And I started feeling like he was prompting me to get up early and spend time with him and spend time in the Bible before I started my day. Uh -huh. I didn't, I wasn't working yet at this point. And okay. I, oh, I resisted and I resisted <laughs> and I thought I'm already barely getting any sleep. I have a six month old, a two year old and a four year old why on earth would I choose <laughs> to sleep less? Yeah. And, you know, it's just something about my personal relationship with God. I, I could tell that he wasn't give, you know, letting me give up on that. It was constantly on my mind. And then I had a friend um, who had no idea I had been struggling with this. Talk to me about the concept of sleep being an idol okay. that I was putting above the Lord. And so I, that really convicted me and I thought, you know what, I, I can't do that. I can't, you know, I don't, that doesn't sit right with me. I'm going to start getting up. And I did. And it honestly, it took me probably about six months for it to feel normal. Right. Okay. And, and then when I started my business, it was, I was so thankful that I had already been doing this and I had this practice as a habit because I can do it now where I need to get up. I still spend time with God first, but then mm -hmm. I can work before my kids are up right. and it doesn't feel difficult to me because I've been doing it for a while. So now even on the weekends when I don't have to get up, I'm naturally awake, but around six thirty, seven o'clock. <laughs> so it's just, my body's used to it now. So if you can start, if you can make yourself start, it will become a habit and then your body just kind of, it becomes normal for you. At least yeah. it gives I get, yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay. Well, I can manage six. 
I can manage six in the morning quite happily and and get out of bed and maybe go for a walk with the dog or go for a run I can do that five just seems wrong to me but that's just a belief that's just a belief and you can change that you can change it but you know it's funny I think we all have that time that's just too much like my husband he's in the military he'll get up at 4 30 every day and he works out before he you know he goes out in the gym and works out before he goes to work I can't go before five I cannot get up before five to me it's just awful too much i can't do it so maybe six is your time five is my time it's different for everybody funny it's very funny we're all different aren't we we're so we are okay so what your business is doing really well and we've talked about that and i think you've managed it beautifully for an entrepreneur who's only two years in and i meet like literally hundreds of entrepreneurs and business owners all at different stages Hmm. i think you've handled it really really well actually um so yeah well done Uh, you know you're a really good point um and and your business has done really well during covid which is great okay because yes i've been um pleasantly surprised you know we were all i think all entrepreneurs were a little nervous Mm -hmm. started and the economy seemed to be struggling all over the world um but i think a lot of people really ramped up their online business presence and they wanted to just double down on everything online because that's where everyone was spending their time. So people needed copywriting more than ever. And I actually ran my numbers for June because that ended yesterday. So we are halfway through 2020 and I've already made what I made in 2019 (laughs) completely. So I, yeah. Thank you. I'm so thankful and grateful and just loving it. (laughs) Well done. That's fantastic. Well done. I'm really pleased for you. I'm really, really pleased for you. Okay. So what's coming next? Yes. So um, I'm going to continue my copywriting, my one-on-one done for you service of copywriting, because that's really my my passion. That's my my baby. But um, I am going to put out a course Okay. Um, in the next six to 12 months, I cannot promise a timeline yet because I have so many copywriting clients, which is wonderful. Um, but the, the email marketing that we talked about before that I love so much, I have run into quite a few people who are very interested in going down that road, um, mm-hmm. but they want to do it themselves okay. or they're newer in business. And so they can't, quite afford to hire someone to write it all for them and they don't know the strategy behind it. Mm -hmm. So I want to help those people. Um, And while I don't want to slash my prices on my done for you service, that's where the course idea was born of putting out an email marketing course that's at a price point they can reach um, to help that level of entrepreneur. So that's coming. (laughs) Great. I think that's really important. Wonderful. So you can share more of the good stuff. Yes. Yeah. Good. I'm going to, I'm going to put a little word of warning in here. Okay. So here's the thing. I'm a business coach and I help businesses scale by putting in processes and systems and kind of sorting out the bit of a pickle that they've got themselves into because they're so close to the business. It's really hard for them to see what needs to come next. Um, and we have an expression, I live in Scotland, and there's an expression in Scotland called cobbler's bairns. Now, cobblers are shoemakers and bairns are children. And the expression is the cobbler's, cobbler's bairns never has any shoes. The cobbler's bairn goes barefoot. 
<laughs> so me as the business coach, I've been sitting listening to James Wedmore's stuff, which is how mm -hmm. we got to meet. Yeah. And I've been going, he's teaching me, using different words and models and things, exactly what I teach my clients. <laughs> oh, how neat. <laughs> so as you get into writing your course and then marketing out your course, don't be surprised if you find it hard to write the email marketing campaign for your own course. You know, I completely agree and understand that <laughs> even in just creating my own website, you know, I wrote all the copy for the website and then I do have an email list that I write to consistently. Um, because I wanted to grow this audience yeah. for the course that I knew was coming at some point. And you're yeah. right. It is. I, it is much easier for me to write for clients than for my own business. Much easier. So hard <laughs> to apply what you do for other people to your own business. It is. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. It's like lawyers never read contracts that they sign for themselves. Mm. They read yeah, them for their clients. Sense. Doctors often have the worst health habits ever <laughs> yeah, really... isn't it funny how that happens yeah but it's true yeah no yeah. that's an excellent warning yeah it is so that that's that was my learning this week i appreciate that i do because <laughs> it's true i need to be prepared for that <laughs> because it, it kind of creeps up on you and kind of takes you by surprise and i've been mm -hmm. listening to james wedmore stuff i'm going i know this but somehow <laughs> hearing it from somebody else using different their different approach or a different way of saying it somehow it just went in better with me and I thought well that's what I just do for other business owners is that I don't really tell them anything they don't already know I just help them get a different perspective on it oh yeah and I think that right there is why you don't ever have to worry about this um, niche being oversaturated yeah because everybody needs to hear it from a specific person. So they could have heard it eight times from another business coach and then they hear it from you and it clicks. Yeah. So there's room for everybody because your specific way of teaching is going to be exactly what certain people need. Bizarre, isn't it? It's it is. a good job. There's 9 billion of us on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's there a go. coach that suits everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, that is brilliant. Last question, Chrissy. Mm -hmm. uh, if your business was a person, how would you describe its personality or character? Wow, <laughs> that is quite the question. Um, okay, she would, she would be a she. She, <laughs> um, she would be um, an extroverted introvert <laughs> because, um, you know, I, my business thrives on kind of behind the scenes things and that's where I am most comfortable that's why I enjoy writing sales copy for other businesses mm -hmm. um, but I do get out there on camera a lot I'm on my Instagram stories every day I do Facebook live trainings once a week I go into other people's groups and do webinars and zoom calls and do trainings on different things so it's kind of a match of both and it's always very authentic um, as, how, as humbly as I can say that. Um, I, authenticity is what I think makes these connections, you know, like you and I are having or what I have with my clients or even how I'm showing up on social media. If you are not being authentic to yourself, 
then you're not going to succeed in this business. I mean, we are the, our face is our brand, right? And so if you have to be authentic through all of it. So I think that's how I would describe her. (laughs) Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, that is wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this has been great. Yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Okay, you take care and best of luck. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our Entrepreneurial Journey podcast. You can find us at tricrest.com and you can find Feel My Business there too. Answer the 12 questions in less than 60 seconds and find out exactly what's happening in your business and then even better, learn how to fix it. Did you know you can access our Tricrest partners through Feel My Business too? Just upgrade your subscription and you can get access to them in a group coaching session once a month or even one-to-one. Enjoy.